Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today we have a very special guest with us. We have author and educator, Ms. Linda Barnett, and she has just written the book, Reboot Your Life, Bring Back Your Spark. And I love the title, by the way. I think that is an amazing title. So please welcome her today. And I would just like to give you the opportunity to talk about how you came up with the idea for this book, because um, it just sounds so interesting, bringing back the spark in your life, because I think so many of us really need to do that sometimes. Hi, Melissa. Thank you. I'm so, so honored to be here with everybody. And yeah, so I agree. I think we all need to bring back our spark. Um, and so the, the inspiration for the book came from um, me reflecting back on the last four years of my life and realizing that about four years ago was a bit of a low point in my life where um, I was a mom and a wife and a teacher and a daughter and I had all these roles but what I wasn't was myself the person I had disconnected to was me and I had just been pouring out and giving so much to everyone that I realized I forgot to be present in my own journey of life and it took me down this rabbit hole and it took me about four years to dig myself out of the hole that I had dug. And when I reflected back, when I began the journey of, of writing the book, I realized so many of us as women and more specifically as mothers, although I'm not negating the fact that men go through this at all, but for me and my personal experience with my girlfriends, I know that this is definitely relatable to moms. And we do that. We've been taught to do that. We believe that love and sacrifice are synonyms. And we give and forget to refuel our own tank. And we forget to ask ourselves, you know, what we want out of this life and how to give ourselves what we want while also providing and nurturing those that we care for and love. And so when I found my way back to me and began to do the things that brought me my spark back and my smile back, um, I realized, you know, this is a story worth sharing because I think that my story is relatable to so many women looking to do the same thing or women who think like, I can't right now, my children are too small. I can't right now, I've got this full-time job. We give ourselves excuses for why we can't tap in to our spark and to our purpose. But um, I believe that it is possible. It's just a shift on mindset and beliefs and it takes a little bit of work. But most of all, what it takes is an ability to love ourselves as much as we love the people that are close to us. Right about that. There's so many times where as a mom, you know, I would just say to myself, I don't have time for that, or I can do that later. And I was always putting myself last because I felt guilty, honestly, putting myself first sometimes. And I tell my listeners all the time, you can't fill others' cup if your cup is empty. Um, and that if you want to be the best parent to your child, be a happy one because that's what they want. And if you're just running around doing all things for everyone else, you can't find your own happiness. Like you're just burned out. Yes, exactly. And it's funny because um, one of the things I did to shift my mindset is um, I was following this 
motivational speaker, uh, life coach. I, was, I had started to follow her on Facebook and I was really enthralled with her. And not long after my realization that I needed to be present in my own life, she um, was doing a live event. And so I went upstairs, and this is all in the book, I went upstairs, locked myself in a room, bought a ticket, bought a plane ticket. I did all this. I spent like $500, and it was Christmas time. So really $500 at Christmas felt selfish because that money would have been money that could have gone towards my family, right? So I thought I was going crazy. I was like, I've officially lost it. What am I doing? But there was this knowing inside that I had stopped listening to that was telling me, this is your next thing. This is what's going to bring your spark back. And I listened to it. And it had been a while since I had followed that inner voice. And so although I felt really guilty and selfish, there was this other part of me that thought, without this, um, you're going to go down a darker tunnel, which is really more selfish. And when I was on the airplane flying to Dallas, it was the first trip I had ever left my kids alone without me. And they were pretty small at the time. I heard the stewardess or the flight attendant um, say, you know, that same speech they always give about putting your air mask on before you put the mask on of others. And up until that point, I had always made fun of that. I was like, why? I couldn't fathom that I would ever put oxygen on before making sure my children were breathing. And in that moment, I had an epiphany. I had this soul epiphany where I realized I can't be helpful to anyone I love if I can't breathe. And if I disappear, then who is going to care for the people I love? And in that moment, I realized that actually selflessness is the least selfish thing that you could do. Taking care of yourself and showing your children an example of what it means to take yourself on this ride and make yourself a priority that far outweighs the sacrifice that I thought was this really valuable, you know, heroic thing I was doing. I, and, and I realized that I had the formula wrong. And once that mind shift changed and I found happiness and joy and passion, my kids have been with me on this journey and daily they say things like, I'm so proud. I put my daughter on a live video yesterday talking about confidence and how it impacts your life they are learning from a better version of me and everyone wins. Absolutely. That's amazing that they're actually, you know, being a part of your journey and doing that with you. I love that. Um, you know, I feel the same way about my own children too. We've had a lot of things happen to us this year that have not been like the best. Um, they were seniors this year, you know, and of course, the whole graduation canceled and all of those things. We had to go through that. They lost their dad in February. And we're, you know, we're using the, the tools that I've learned in taking care of myself and in going back and taking classes and, and doing healing work. I've actually been able to use it to help them as well. So it's been an amazing, wonderful thing, like just an awesome tool to have for them. And so the fact that you are an example for your children of, you know, we do need to take care of ourselves. We need to have confidence. We need to, all of that is just great because I feel like so many parents nowadays, you know, they, we get so busy, they just take their children in front of an iPad or a TV and I, you're, you're an educator. So 
you'll understand this, but we're seeing so much in the classroom how kids don't have the basic socio-emotional skills they need to cope with everything that's happening in life. Would you agree Agreed. with that? Oh my goodness. There's nothing I would agree with more than that. And that's what I think, you know, the way the book is laid out is in a simple three-step process. So like you are aware of your spin, whatever your spin is. And, you know, for some of us, it's career. My husband's been out of work since February. It's been tough. For some, it's love. Either we lose a loved one or we want a loved one. For some of us, it's parenting. I mean, there's so many areas of your life that could be spinning. And then that's, it's just like, you know, your phone or like your computer. You, you see that spinning wheel and then you turn it off and you wait before you turn it back on and reboot. And I want to just highlight that turning off and wait because I think, you know, with children too, we, you know, I've noticed a difference in the conversations we've been having since this change of lifestyle, um, whatever it is we've been going through. You know, I, I don't love the word quarantine, so I try to avoid it, but I just call it a change of lifestyle. But our family time has revolved around noticing that my kids spin too. This is not just a grown-up thing. We need to be aware that our children are absorbing the energy of the world around them. In fact, they're probably absorbing it more because they're more empathic just by, by their natural you know, defenses are down. They haven't built up those walls yet. So they have those spins, they have that anxiety. And to really turn towards them and say, how is this feeling for you? Because I find that so many of us grownups are um, so aware, hyper aware of ourselves that we're, for, we're kind of just in survival mode and we're leaving out that, those conversations. And then to give them time, that turn off and wait to me is even more important than the reboot and turning it back on because that's where you tap in and you ask yourselves those tough questions. Like, am I doing what I want to be doing? This life is a blink of an eye, you know, and I've watched, I've, I've lost my, I lost my father. I lost my best friend. And what I realized is one of the things that inspired the book is that when they were at the end of this experience on earth, there were, some regrets and there were some dreams that hadn't been lived out and i understand that life life doesn't always just allow you to um we say that life doesn't allow us to live out our dreams but really i think a big part of that is our story our belief system because the truth is that we can build a life around our dreams so that when our time is over and if anything this thing has taught us that life is fragile and and but really precious right so at the end i want to look back and say how many of those boxes did i get to check off and if it means taking a risk if it means being uncomfortable i think that discomfort that we're so afraid of is like the juice of the lemon you know the we, we're like paying attention to the zest and the rind but it's like the juice that really is what we want and we're just so afraid to squeeze the lemon yeah. i know that's it i say that all the time i mean i love your lemon analogy but i say that all the time like living in your comfort zone although it may be a comfy place to be nothing exciting happens there and you really do have to push yourself outside that comfort zone um, when i started this podcast 
I started it thinking nobody's going to listen to what I have to say or why would anybody want to listen? And I started with, you know, maybe five listeners or so. And yesterday or last week, um, I got an email that we had reached 100,000 downloads. So <laughs> that's a success, so right? Fantastic. <laughs> And I so can relate amazing. so much because when I wrote the book, I can't tell you how many times I, I, you know, I wrote the first draft and then I'd go to the second and reread it and almost walked away from the book because I was like, who's going to care about my story? Who's going to read this book? You know, and then it was as if the universe was pushing me along because I kept, it was the entire world was going through a reboot and I kept seeing reboot, reboot. I had already written this book and I thought, you know what? If one person reads it and you change one life, if one mother wakes up in the morning, gets your information, reads the book and thinks, I don't have to not exist. I can be present and have this beautiful life and be a mom and a wife. And if they can change it, then it would have been worth it. And so I love what you said, because that's the, you know, we, we have this value. <laughs> We're so afraid that our message isn't valuable, but we are all uniquely here to help each other on this journey. My daughter and I talked about this the other day. We were like, if it was not the intention for us to help each other collectively, the earth would have one human being on it. <laughs> that would be all that's needed. Right. But we're here collectively because we are, you know, helping each other to ascend and everyone has something to offer the other, and we take that growth and we help it to lift ourselves up. Yeah, and I, I, it's funny that you said, if I help one person, I say that all the time on this podcast, and then people will reach out and be like, you are helping. If anyone is out there listening, going, you know what, I, I have this dream in my heart and there is something that I wanna do and I just don't know if I'm ready or if I have what it takes, no, I want to tell people, even though there might be many different healers out there or many different authors or this or that, you are uniquely you and you have your own brand and version of your story to tell that is no one else's and the world needs you. But also don't be afraid to take a risk and to jump outside that comfort zone because, um, you know, if I were afraid to start a podcast because I needed to know everything about podcasting and I needed to be perfect, I still wouldn't have started it now. I jumped in going, I, okay, I don't know any, I've listened to podcasts and that's all I know about them, but I'm going to start my own. <laughs> and look at where we are. Same thing with writing a book. I'd never written a book before. You'd never written a book before. If you wait until you think you're ready or you have all of the tools or you have all of the resources, you're just letting fear take over and you're allowing it to keep you stuck because perfectionism is just a form of fear. You don't have to have all of the answers today. I always feel like the universe gives you one step at a time, like do this first, then do this, then do this. It's like the whole thing isn't eliminated all at once for a reason because we would just shrink back and go, oh, I can't do that. It's like looking at the top of a mountain. But if it's one step at a time, you think, Oh, I can handle that. 
Absolutely. My husband is in the movie business and we joke about this all the time. We said if movie makers felt like, well, they've already done a Spider-Man, so I guess I can't do one. We wouldn't have the 32 versions of Spider-Man right. that we have. <laughs> you know, they're definitely unafraid to make their version. The director comes in and says, yes, I know it's been done before, but I'm going to do it with my style in my way from my perspective. And it's going to be great. And they're doing great. And they're in the process of making another, yet another one. And so I agree with you. It's, it's that, I love what you said, just because it's been done before, it's never been, if it's never been done by you, then you need to inspire yourself to do it because no matter how many times it's been done before, your uniqueness, your flavor, your essence, your energy, your soul is gonna show up in whatever you do and make it unique and it's going to be there for the people who need it delivered by you. Um, and that's part of the reboot. The reboot is changing the stories we tell ourselves in our heads, changing the programming. That's why I thought reboot was so appropriate because we are programmed like software. You know, we, we're, we're told by teachers what we can and cannot do. We're told by parents what we can and cannot do. And with good intentions, you know, most people mean well when they give us advice or when they guide our lives. I mean well with my children. It doesn't mean that my advice, you know, I tell my kids all the time, this is the best I know right now. So I'm giving you the best of what I know right now. But it's not the end all be all. It could change and your experience might negate my advice. And that is okay. You know, my in the live my daughter made yesterday, she said, we're always taught that nobody's perfect, but maybe we're all perfect at being ourselves. And maybe we're all striving to be somebody else because we're taught that we're not perfect as we are. And I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> like we're doing better than we think. And we just have to give ourselves permission ourselves. You know, we have to be our knight in shining armor saving yourself is a job that comes from the inside. That's one of the chapters is like saving yourself is an inside job because I can't tell you how many years I waited. Oh, not, not just for the perfect guy, but for the perfect job, it'll come, you know, and you wait and you wait. But at some point your clarity comes from you. You turn your confusion into clarity and your doubt into confidence and your despair into dreams. You have the power to do that for yourself. And I'm not, it's not always easy. I know there's a lot of single moms out there who are maybe listening going, well, how do I do it when I'm single-handedly holding the ship afloat? But I would like to, you know, if you're a single parent, in and of itself, that's a skill set that makes you the MVP. Because if you can do it all on your own, then there's nothing you can't do. So to look at what we think we lack and to pivot that perspective and turn it into our greatest advantage. Yeah, I love that because we, if we look at maybe what some other people might see as flaws in us as, look, I've handled this my whole life and I've done well so far. You know, it's like I tell people who have fear surrounding money and finances if after the end of the day, you pay your bills and you have $2 left over, instead of being like, ah, oh, get paid and I have nothing left to show for it. If instead you change that mindset to, I'm so grateful I have $2 more left over what I had to pay my bills. It's all about a perspective change and a mindset change. You know, I was just, 
um, at dinner yesterday with my family. My cousin was in town and she's a gorgeous girl. And she said in the middle of dinner, she's like, yeah, I'm so fat. And I thought, oh, you know, <laughs> don't say that about yourself, you know, but I was thinking so many of us grow up and we say those things about ourselves like, oh, I hate my body. I hate my hair. Why can't I have different eye color? And instead of focusing on what we don't like, how about if we say, I love my body because it allows me to live my life, to walk here, to visit with my family. My blood is pumping, which allows me to, you know, um, be able to exercise, go for walks, which I love doing. Um, you know, just instead of focusing on what you don't like, how about focusing on what, what you love about your body or what you love about yourself or all of the talents that you do have? I think that that changes everything when we begin to really shift the focus on, you know, I don't have enough. Well, anyone can feel that way if they chose to focus on that. But if instead of doing that, we focus on what makes you uniquely you in a good way. Like, I'm a very kind person. I'm very talented. I love helping people. You know, what is it about you that really makes you you? I think that there needs to be more focus on that. There does. And that is one of the reasons I got out of, and I, and I love the education system. I, I believe teachers are the most important asset any country has. I was very proud to be a teacher for 13 years. But, but I do think that our model is, has holes. And one of the areas in which really pushed me out of the classroom setting to more online education and to be a coach, you know, where, where I thought I would take my education out of a classroom and into coaching was not to escape the children because I loved them. You know, it wasn't to go from children to adults, but it was for the exact um, discrepancy that you just mentioned where I feel like school is set up in a way that says to the kids, there's a right and there's a wrong. You got that question wrong and it should have been right. Or you are not good at math, but you are good at reading. And it forces children to not pivot their perspective. It doesn't, it doesn't highlight, you know, I tried so hard just in my own little bubble to say, you're really creative. So, so you're using this part of your brain, which, you know, and do that growth mindset and say, well, it'll come. You're not good at it right now, but listen, to, you're just so focused on your creativity right now. That's the reason some of the logical things are, just have no space up in your brain, but that'll come. There isn't enough inspiration fed into our current Western school setup where children are allowed to understand that they have a myriad of talents, a myriad of skill sets. And if you're not good at one thing, then what you do is you focus on the areas of really big strengths and you make those the, the, the essence of what you do. And to say, you know, wow, you really were kind to that person. What a great day you had. It doesn't matter that you might've done poorly on a test because really you showed such character traits. You were such an amazing human being today. And isn't that why we're all here? And so to have this time home with my children in homeschool setting, allowed me to really infuse that more because when they come home with grades or you know, that becomes their identity. They do what we all do. They attach just like we do to our jobs. I got an F, so I must be a failure, but you're not a failure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know, that's the thing. I think in the area where I teach, I have a little more flexibility because when you're learning a language, it's, you know, 
very much a process and and so there there isn't one way to do everything sometimes you know even though they're taught a certain vocabulary set they come up with a different way to say whatever they need to say then i i can say yeah that's great you know that wasn't the way i was expecting you to do it but you came up with your own creative way and, and it's you know grammatically correct or we just need to adjust this or that so it's it's easier for me to be able to do things like that and i wish that it were that way in all areas because for me math oh <laughs> you're you know, based on my math scores people would be like oh my gosh is she a functioning adult I can relate to that. But, you know, it takes all of us. And I think that I've really let go of, you know, I I was so hard on myself growing up because I wasn't the straight A student. I wasn't good at math. I wasn't, you know, um, and and so there were, I was limited. Well, you can do this and this, but you cannot do that and that because that's reserved for people who are but the truth is that if I wanted to be good at math, there's room to be good at math. If I've chosen not to, then that's okay. I just feel like if we, some of us, um, what, what I've learned in, in the series I do with Reboot Your Life is that when I talk to people and say, what's wrong? Well, I'm not, I'm not in love with the things I'm doing. And my next question will be, well, why aren't you doing the things that you love? Because it's a natural thing. We all ask ourselves. And so often the answers are identical. You know, I don't have time. I don't have money. What if I'm not good? I don't know how to do it. But in the meantime, the time we're spending on the things that aren't fueling us and being really a passion for us, that same time could be devoted just think if you have an eight hour day and you could do eight hours of what you love versus eight hours of a task that you really do not like, you'd be further along in a shorter amount of time if that eight hours was spent on something that you loved. And so I just think where a lot of it, like you said, comes from a fear of risk, a fear of the unknown, a fear of what will happen. And I challenge um, moms and, and everybody, men and women who just feel like, I had a spark, you know, four years ago when one of the big things was, this is not who I dreamed of being when I was a little girl. When I imagined being a grown up, I wasn't imagining fighting with my husband, feeling like a bad mom, being unhappy at work. That's not the dream folks, you know? And so I thought I want to be the little girl, the, the woman that I dreamt of as a little girl. I want to be her. And then I said, what will it take? for me to be the woman that I dreamt of being when I was a little girl. And that became like a laser focus for me. I love that you said that because I, that's what sparked my whole transformation too, was uh, waking up one day and going, there has to be more to life than this. Like this can't be it. Like I didn't come here to wake up, do my hair the same way every day, do wake up, go to drive to work every day, the same thing day and it felt like Groundhog Day, the movie, like over and over again. I'm like, this is not fulfilling at all. This isn't what I want to do. And I could almost feel it in my soul, like this isn't it. And I've had that several points in my life. The first point was uh, in a toxic marriage and wondering why I was there. Why was I allowing someone to treat me like crap and, you know, make my self-esteem just dwindle down more and more every day and shutting off my emotions to the point that I was a zombie 
at that point, then I had to, you know, I had two had twins who are a year old. And I said to myself, you can't live like this. So that was the spark to like get up, leave that relationship and to change careers and go back and get my teaching certificate and to go into the classroom. And then again, that second point in life after I've been teaching for 12 years going, okay, this isn't it either. <laughs> like I've loved it. I've loved being a teacher, but this isn't it either. And I think it comes from the same place too that you're talking about where it's not the kids. It's the way that our system is set up and how I think so many times teachers are stifled because there's always someone telling you, you have to do it this way. You can't think outside. Like you have to have all of your ducks in a row and you have to jump through all of these hoops to prove that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And to me, that's always just been annoying because I'm thinking you're taking precious time that I could be using to come up with these fabulous lessons that will make kids more engaged and they'll like the, like coming to class and um, you know, it just has become so not what it was when I first started. I feel like it's gotten worse over the years. So that was another point for me where I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just getting up every day and this isn't fulfilling anymore. I don't feel like I'm doing what I was able to do at one time because, you know, now there's, you know, you're supposed to make connections, but don't make too much of a connection. You know, it's this really fine line in education. It's so weird. Absolutely. It's like the double talk or something like do this, but don't really do that. You know, don't teach a different way, differentiate, but then give them all the same test. Yeah. Yeah. But then give them everybody the same test. Like what? That doesn't. And you know, when I was in the classroom, I, I think one of the things that really guided me out the door was I was so much more interested in the human and the, in the child. We did passion projects every year and the passion projects had the reading and the math and the science, but it was really like asking the kids, you get one project, it's a year long project, pick any topic you want and we're going to build your passion. We're going to, whatever it is you want to create, we're going to use this year to create it. And it was like my favorite part of the year. I, and I thought to myself, I really, you know, I was a great teacher and I did what I was supposed to do, but I didn't care how much math and science and social studies they learned. What I cared about was the stuff that I'm doing now. It was about, we, we don't tap in. We are here. We are so our, our body, our physical body, our soul. I mean, we don't even, we haven't even begun to tap into the magic that we are and to the awesomeness, as you say, uh, that's why I love your podcast. Awaken your awesomeness because that is our mission as a human on this time frame that we have. And, you know, we have just created this linear timeline where it's like, you're a kid, then you're a grown up, then you have a job, then you get married, then you have kids, then you get old, then you die. And it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> that could send me right into a panic attack, you know, like, what? And so I think to take that time and make it feel more circular and more like a flow and say, wait, I do have this time. And, and it could start, I know sometimes for me, if somebody had said, in four years ago, walked up to me and said, Linda, write a book, leave your job. I would have, I wasn't prepared to hear all that. I would have said, was like, I can't even look at myself in the mirror and you want me to go chasing these lofty dreams? No, I'm not, I, I'm not there yet. So what I encourage listeners to do is start small, you know, have a piece of paper where 
10 inspirational things a day. I know that my brain is always working. Sometimes it's telling me the things I want to do, but don't think I can. Those are worthy of writing down because one day you'll feel ready to get to that list. And one day your story will be, yes, I can. And those ideas will be there waiting for you. So create like an inspirational vault and say, I may not be able to do it right now, but I'm not gonna let these ideas escape me. I'm gonna know that they came to my front door for a reason. I'm gonna capture them in my little soul vault. And one day as I work through being important and loving myself and caring for myself and creating space, I will be more ready to listen to these great ideas and they'll be right there waiting for me. So I think even if you have to start with just a list to get your spark ignited, um, it's worth it because as we know, just, you know, adding a little bit of fuel to the fire, you, you can't create a flame right away, but little by little, it will begin to get bigger. Having a vault of your ideas. That's so awesome. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, we don't even know what we really want, you know, and that's the big part. That's the first part of your journey is even knowing what do I want? What do I want out of life? I have so many clients who come to me for coaching and we talk about, they want a relationship and I'll say to them, what do you want in a partner? And they're like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and I'll say, well, that's your first, you know, you're asking the universe to bring you somebody, but you don't even know what you want. And so if it showed up at your door, you wouldn't know if that was really what you wanted or not. So start making a list, you know, of what you want. And I think in the same way, your idea is really awesome that you can sit down and really think about, think about if you had no time constraints, no money constraints, no, any, no constraints of any kind, because really the universe can always provide for us, sit down and think, what would I want to do? Where's my passion? If I could do anything ever, what would I want to do? And it might seem lofty at first, because to me, writing down in my manifestations, writing a book, having a podcast, when I first sat down and wrote that out, um, it just seemed like, okay, yeah, sure. And now those are two things I've checked off my list. So in creating an Oracle deck, that was one thing I was like, oh, yeah, how do I get that done? It's possible. And when you have, I think the beginning step for you is having an idea of when you write it down, then it becomes, you know, that idea and that manifestation starts. That's your start is what do I want? And then you can start working towards that. I love that. So what advice would you give any single mom out there or a mom or even men really, because we're not excluding men today, but what a piece of advice could you give someone who feels like they've lost their spark? Yes, I'm going to give you that advice. And what I want to piggyback real quick and say to you is you made such an astute point and said some of us, a lot of us don't even know what we want. So to make a a list is, is a pretty daunting task, but I encourage you, if you don't know, I used to be so afraid to put out into the universe what I wanted because I was like, what if I get it? And that's not really what I want. But I encourage you when you can't be clear, let's say I want to write a best-selling book or I want to create a podcast. If you don't have that kind of clarity, then my advice to you would be tap into the emotions that you want to feel. Ask for the emotions. I want to feel ease and flow. I want to feel abundance and necessarily don't necessarily attach that to how you're going to get that feeling, but rather just put out the feeling of, 
you know, I feel, I always feel tense and, and uptight and constricted. And it would be so great if the universe would just allow me to feel open and easy and flowing and happy and joy. Because those emotions, once you connect to the emotions you want to feel, they will attract the how you get there. The universe will bring you methods of creating those feelings in your life. And sometimes we don't know what we want, but we know how we want to feel. So my first suggestion would be to tap into the emotions of the life that you want to live. That's a fabulous point because it's true. I mean, the, the things that we want are really just going to be bringing us those feelings of the ease and you're right most of us walk around like tense like this our shoulders, shoulders are, up yes and we I actually sometimes have to tell myself relax like <laughs> and your Maybe dreams just... don't expire you know I mean that's the amazing things your dreams never expire there's no date it's like that carton of milk it doesn't expire on the 22nd it's just a sell-by date so you don't have to pour out milk that's still good just because it said is the date is gone and you know, that's been the tagline for the book is that you can reboot your life at any age and at any phase. And it doesn't matter if, how old you are. It doesn't matter. You know, I used to think, well, I'm in my forties. I'm a mom. It's too late. No, it's not. There are people in their seventies recreating their life because they don't have the limiting belief that they can't. And the other thing I say is the more you um, crush your limiting beliefs, the more you tap into your limitless potential. And that is a for real concept. And so when you find yourself saying, I can't, when you find yourself saying it won't, when you find yourself saying, I don't know how, pivot and say, I wonder if I can, how will this feel if it does come my way? What are the things I'm capable of? I wonder if there's a, a skill I have that I haven't tapped into yet try to really, the way that I rebooted was to work on making myself present and every limitation that came my way, I challenged it. I really, it became like a war and it was, if a thought would come in that would tell me all the things I couldn't do, I would, I would say, watch this, watch this. I'm going to turn your limitation into potential. I'm going to show you that this is just a story in your head. And once you do it, you're gonna prove, and now writing this book has done just that. Now there's no end to what I believe I can do because I've already done something I used to tell myself that it wasn't possible to do. Yeah, I love the idea of challenging the thought because to me, I've always said, if someone tells me no, <laughs> I'm gonna prove to you that I can do it. It's like, a, it's my brain here is, oh, dual challenge. Okay, someone told me I couldn't do something. And I'm like, watch me. But we don't often do that with ourselves. We do it with others when others tell us, no, you can't. And you're like, oh, really? Watch me. But we don't do it when we do that to ourselves. Like, I can't do it. But I love that idea of saying, yeah, watch me. I can do it. Um, and I, I want to say, too, I think one thing we don't often think about is one thing you can manifest is ideas. So if you have that thought of, I want to feel ease, I want to feel flow, I want to feel relaxed, I want to feel abundant, the universe can give us ideas for how we can make that happen. That can come in too, like the universe can say, you should write a book about this, or you should create a class about this, or, you know, we can get those sparks and those ideas. So I love the asking for the feeling, how I want to feel and manifesting that because that can be a way that the universe can say, oh, well, if you want to feel more abundant, 
then go do this. You know, here's this idea. Or and bring when, people into your life too. Exactly. To, and, and I encourage you when you start asking the universe, walk around with a pad, put a pad in the shower, put a pad in your car, because ask and you shall receive. And once you light that little spark and you start asking, just like you said, Melissa, then your ideas start flowing in and you want just a little place to capture, you know, a recorder on your phone. There's a voice memo um, option on your phone, but you're going to be so, and I think you're going to just start, that's what awakens us from our, from our slumber. You know, it's like, we're so autopiloted. We're just like, go to work, wake up, go to school. And once we, we realize wait, I'm really excited. I had this great idea this morning or this great idea last night, or I had a dream and it, and in my dream, I was doing something wonderful. Let me jot it down. You begin to awaken that sense, that soul sense, not your physical senses, but your soul sense. And it, you come back to life and you awaken your awesomeness, Melissa. <laughs> I love how you brought that back to the table. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been such an amazing and fun conversation. So if people want to buy your book, and the book is called Reboot Your Life, Bring Back Your Spark. Again, so I, that gives me goosebumps. But if they wanted to buy your book or if they wanted to follow you or work with you, how could they do that? So I have a website and it's just my name. So it's uh, lindacrowsbarnett.com. And uh, the book is available on the website. My coaching is available on the website. Um, I also have a private Facebook group called The Life Reboot by Linda Krauss Barnett, and we do amazing challenges in there, and we, um, I have a, it's a video series, not a podcast series, but it's called the Reboot Your Life series, and I interview women who have rebooted their life and who come and talk to us and share with us so that women know that it's possible for them as well. So I have the Facebook group. I'm on Instagram as um, Barnett24. And lots of ways to reach me. And I'm on Amazon. My book's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's on Target. So any of those ways, the Kindle and the Nook, all the eBooks are available as well as the paperback. And all of her information will be in the notes to this podcast. So if you want to go get her book or want to go to her Facebook group, all you'll have to do is click on the link in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really, truly it's enjoyed been an it. honor. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all so much for being here with us today. As always, I truly appreciate each and every one of you. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave me a, re a review from wherever you're listening, especially some stars on iTunes. That helps my podcast become known. And um, if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. There you'll find a list of services that I offer as well as a description. Also, if you want to follow me on social media, I do a live reading on Facebook Mondays at 630 Central. If you show up for the card reading, I will also pull an individual card for you. And I post videos to IGTV. And there are free guided meditations and tappings on my YouTube channel. So go check all of that out. As always, I am sending you guys so much love and light from wherever you're listening. I hope you have a beautiful day and I will talk to you again soon. Bye guys.